Good evening, everyone. How are y'all doing? Y'all seem to be doing pretty good. What was that, Malik? I said we bless, bless. Yes, bless, 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 bless. Right, bro? Yeah, definitely. Um, how's my volume? Am I okay? All right. Great, man. Especially you're right in front of the speaker. <laughs> awesome. Well, my name is Trevor Walker. A little bit of background. Um, first of all, I'm really happy to be here with you guys tonight. Let's go, Freshman Connect 2018. So a little bit of my background, um, I was a part of Christian Students on Campus at UT Austin. Let's see, what years was I a part? Um, 2009 to 2012. I finished school there, uh, grad school there in 2012. I finished my undergrad in 2010. Currently, I'm working as a geotechnical engineer, but I was on staff with the club, CSOC uh, organization on the UT campus for about three years. And probably there's not a day go by that I don't think of a moment or a person that I interacted with, was involved with uh, during my time there, serving the Lord on the UT campus and involved with the club. So I'm really happy to be with you guys in this capacity tonight, enjoying Christ, getting connected, diving into the Word. So it should be a good time. Um, so tonight, first of all, does everybody have a packet with the message? We're going to message one. Can we turn to message one, please? That's where we're going to be. And I know that this is kind of like a retreat, right? We're getting away, getting away from all the school, all the distractions. But I hope you haven't gotten too far away from a pen or a pencil. Because note-taking is highly encouraged. Because the faintest ink is better than the best memory. The faintest ink is better than the best memory. So note-taking is highly encouraged. There's going to be a lot of riches of Christ flowing this weekend. And so what better way to put it in your pocket than to write it down? It's a lot easier to write something down than try to remember it, for sure. So note-taking is highly encouraged. Okay, coming to the message tonight. Uh, how about, can we read the title there all together? Ready, go. Regeneration. And then we have kind of our headliner verse. Let's read that verse all together. Ready, go. Having been regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the living and abiding word of God. Okay, I really love reading the word together. There's just something about when you read the Bible together out loud, it just activates something in your being. So we're, we're going we're gonna to do that. We have quite a few verses on the outline tonight. So we're going to continue that practice. Um, I really need you guys to buckle your seatbelt because there's a lot of groundwork to be laid with this message. I need you dialed, focused, locked in as best as possible. I know it's probably been a long week. Um, I was talking to my man Caleb here last Friday. He was saying academics are really starting to rev up. You know, you've gotten through with all the syllabus distributions and, you know, getting familiar with kind of the flow of things. And now here comes the academic load. Boom. Right, Caleb? That's what you were telling me. So it's been a long week, but I'm just asking you as best as possible, just stay locked in with me, okay? We got some good stuff to hit tonight, all right? Okay, so point number one with regeneration. This is going to be what regeneration is. Point number one is about the what of regeneration, defining regeneration, okay? Rege regeneration is to receive another life in addition to our own. In addition to our own life. 
And, you know, if you just think of that statement, ah, okay, what's really the big deal? But if you put it, if you take this truth and put it into, like, let's just make up a story, okay? Imagine, okay, who has a pet dog that they love so much? What is your dog's name? Charlie. Charlie. Okay, guessing it's a boy? Yes. For sure. Some girls are named Charlie. I like that, no problem. And what is your name? Lucy. Lucy. Okay. Get this, all right? Lucy loves Charlie. How old is Charlie? He's three. He's three. Okay. Do you know when he turns four? Yes, June 26th. Okay. Lucy loves Charlie. All right. Charlie turns four on June 26th. And Lucy wants to give Charlie the best gift that Charlie has ever received. And Lucy is a genius. And Lucy decides, you know what? I think the best thing that I can give Charlie is my own life. Somehow, I'm going to invent some device that I can hook up to myself. The, what's your last name, Lucy? Way. Lucy Way. The way life that you got from your parents, right? The way life can be extracted, and that way life could be dispensed into Charlie. So now Charlie, in addition to the dog life that he received from his parents, Charlie has the way human life that got dispensed into him by Lucy. And now Lucy doesn't just have a dog. She's got a dog man. (laughs) She's got a dog man. What makes Charlie a dog man? Well, he has a dog life. And now he has the human life that he got from Lucy. Imagine what that would do in the news. (laughs) Think about it. Another creature received a life from a different creature, and those two lives came together, and now we got a dog man in the universe. It would be headline news. It's a miracle of miracles. That is regeneration. Receiving another life in addition to the, our own life that we already possess. And when we come to the word, these verses in John 3, Jesus is talking about regeneration. So let's read those verses together, okay? Ready, go. Jesus answered, Okay, underline born anew. Depending on your Bible translation, it might say born again. The same thing. So we're talking about regeneration. Regenerate. To generate is to beget. To generate is an impartation of life. And we're talking about being born anew, being born again, life being imparted, life being generated a second time. That's regeneration, and that's what the Lord is talking about right here. And a lot of times when understanding what something is, it's good to know what regeneration is not. So I have a little list for you here. Regeneration, it's not becoming a better person. It's not becoming a better person. Regeneration is not improving your behavior. Regeneration is not having a fresh start. You got a fresh start in life, something happened to you, awesome. Awesome. That's not regeneration, though. 
It's not turning over a new leaf, starting a new chapter. That's not regeneration. Regeneration, according to what the Bible's definition is, is to receive the divine life, God's life, in addition to our human life. Just like Charlie receiving Lucy's life, we as human beings can receive God's life. A miracle of miracles that happens every day on the face of the earth with someone or hopefully more than one every day, right? Hopefully this miracle is happening more than once a day on the earth. Okay, we're going to keep moving because time is dwindling. Um, We're going to go to point number two, okay? This is the where of regeneration. This is the where. Where does regeneration occur? It occurs in our human spirit. Regeneration occurs in our human spirit. Let's all read 1 Thessalonians 5.23 together. Ready, go. And the God of peace himself... I need you in that verse to underline holy. Sorry, you holy. Underline that. And then circle spirit, soul, and body. This verse is to lay some groundwork for the point that we're trying to hit in this, uh, in this section of the message. If you think about it, how would you break yourself down into your most general parts, your most general makeup? You know, you just think about it. If you had asked me um, way back in the day, I was like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm made up of, of this right here, you know, for sure. You can see it and you can touch it, you know, my body. But obviously, I'm more than that. You know what I mean? I have like... A personality, like I have thoughts and desires and feelings. I make decisions. I can reason. So there's something there. And that's probably all I could give you, you know, back in the day. But what the Bible reveals is that man is made up of three parts. You break man down. Man, I mean humanity, human beings. You break man down into its most simple General parts, man is made up of body, of a soul, and of a human spirit. Some of you may have heard this before. This may be new to some of you guys. I would like to ask you, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, yeah, I've heard, okay, we have a body, yeah, and then, yeah, I've heard that we had a, have a soul, and yeah, I've heard the word spirit in relation to human beings, you know. Then I would ask you, what is the difference between the soul and the spirit. I've asked people that before, and it's like, I I thought that's kind of the same thing. But, here in the Word, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, the Lord distinctly separates each one by the word, and. You holy, and may your spirit, and soul, and body, be preserved complete. 
This truth is massive, and we don't even have time to get into the depths of it tonight, but for the purposes of this message, we have to know that we're made up of three parts. And that's why I have this three-circle diagram right here, which, man, Will, can you see this? What's your name, man? Eric. Eric, can you see that, bro? Awesome, man. Yeah, y'all can see it over here. So, where'd my black marker go? Yeah, right here. So this is you and me and every human being that's ever existed. Our outermost part is our body. Our second innermost part, if I can say that, is our soul. And the deepest part of our being, at the very center, at our core, is our human spirit. And God designed us specifically this way. With our body, we can contact and experience the things of the physical realm. Wonderful, right? I'm so glad I can dap my boy Isaac right here. Wonderful. If I didn't have a body, I couldn't do that. Soul. That's our person. That's who we are. That's what makes Isaac different from me. If we look the same, we would still be different in our soul. And our soul has the capacity to contact the things of the psychological realm. It's wonderful because we have a soul, we have the capacity to reason. We have the capacity to feel. We have the capacity to make decisions. And actually, our soul composes of three parts. This will come into play a little later. Soul com is composed of our mind, which is the leading part. That's what the M stands for. Our soul is also composed of our emotion. It's where our feelings are. And our soul is also composed of our will. That's what we use to make decisions. But even deeper than that is the human spirit of man that God gave us so that every human being could have the capacity to contact God, receive God, and to what's the other contact God, receive God, and contain God. Amen. Contact God, receive God, and contain God. We can do that because we have a human spirit which can substantiate, which can to make real the spiritual realm where God is. So this is important. And then that's why we jump to John 3, 6. Because the Lord is talking about one part of our being in this verse. Actually, two. Let's read John 3, 6 together. Ready, go. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Okay, I need you to underline, born of the Spirit is spirit. Have you ever noticed the capital S and the lowercase s with those two spirits in that verse? It's, it's easy to pass over. I mean, I, I know I passed over it many times where somebody brought it to my attention. But there is a capital S and there is a lowercase s in that verse where the Lord is talking. That which is born of the capital S spirit is lowercase spirit. Well, what's the capital S spirit? That's pretty obvious, right? That's the divine spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit of God. 
That's God as the spirit. The lowercase s spirit there is man's regenerated human spirit. So what's going, what, what is the Lord talking about in this verse? Okay, here's capital S spirit right here. God's spirit, the spirit of God. When we're regenerated, the spirit of God comes in to our human spirit and regenerates our human spirit our, or births our human spirit that now contains God's life. That's what happens. So the spirit of God comes into man's human spirit, which was previously in a deadened condition, enlivens man's human spirit, and makes man's spirit life itself. Wow. Romans 18 says, 8.10 says, the spirit, and it's lowercase s, the spirit is life because of righteousness. That is because it's in man's human spirit where regeneration takes place. Regeneration is an impartation of life. Rebirth is an impartation of life. In man's human spirit is where regeneration takes place. That's where the spirit imparts himself as life into man's spirit to make man a son of God and thus beget him a second time. That's what the Lord is talking about when he says, that which is born of the spirit, the divine spirit, is the spirit Man's regenerated human spirit. But see, it's important to know that we have three parts. And the place of regeneration is man's human spirit. Um, so that we're continue to lay a foundation here. We're going to move on to point three. Okay? This is the how. How we're regenerated. I'm just really looking forward to point four. I don't know what's going to happen when we get to point four but we'll see. Okay. Woo! All right. Regeneration. How does it happen? It's by our receiving, parentheses, believing into Jesus Christ. Let's read these verses right here, okay? John 1, 12 through 13. Ready, go. I want you to underline a couple of phrases. Well, more than a couple. Received him, children of God, believe into his name. And then I want you to circle begotten and then of God. Okay, the first point that I would like for us to get tonight in these verses is that believing is receiving. For that underline, when you received him and then believe into his name, draw a little arrow between those two. These verses show us that believing is receiving. That is the definition of believing according to the Bible. 
It's not the definition that you're experiencing in your classrooms where you have a very smart professor working out a very long and complex theorem to get to a, an equation that now you believe that is true based off the proof. We're not talking about that kind of believing. Amen. You know what I mean? We're not talking about, I believe that gravity exists. Or I believe that the sky is blue. Because you can believe that all you want and nothing happens to you. You're still the same. But the believing that these verses are talking about is a believing that you receive something into your being and you're no longer the same. And your believing is your receiving of capital H, Him. Who's that Him? Exactly. I heard God, I heard Jesus Christ, I heard Lord Jesus, exactly. But check this out, it's, it's believe into His name. You know, name, it, uh, your name separates you from everything else. It's distinct to you. What name are we believing into? It's not a trick question. Jesus Christ. That's the name we're believing into. We're believing into the name of Jesus Christ, which the name just denotes the person. If I mention the name Jason, am I just not talking about the person of Jason? For sure. You can't separate them. So believing into the name of Jesus Christ in this verse is talking about receiving Jesus Christ. And when you receive Jesus Christ, what happens in verse 13? You are begotten of God. So that is how you get regenerated. You have to receive Jesus Christ into your being to be begotten of God and become his child. Again, we're kind of do some contrasting here. I'd like to bring up some points about how we're not regenerated. Um, I've asked some people, and I feel like I've been asked too, how long have you been a Christian? And the answer that I've gotten quite a bit, and I'm pretty sure I've said myself, is my whole life. I grew up in a Christian family. I've been a Christian my whole life. But growing up in a Christian family does not make you a Christian. So, you know, whenever I answered that person, how long have you been a Christian? I was like, oh, my whole life. I actually was wrong. Because that's just not true, according to the word. Because the Christian life starts at regeneration. Amen. The Christian life starts when you receive Christ. Makes sense, right? That's the main thing in, in the word Christian is Christ. Our Christian life starts when we receive Christ. Not by being born in a Christian family, even though that's a, a very much a blessing. Also, regeneration is not by attending church services and listening to sermons. We can sit in pews all day and we're still the same. Doesn't necessarily mean we've received the living Lord Jesus Christ into our spirit just by attending a religious service. So going to church 
does not make you a Christian. It does not mean, it's not the means by which we get regenerated. Also, we don't get uh, regenerated by doing acts of service, as wonderful as they are. That act in itself does not impart God's life into our being to regenerate us. I mean, this is huge, right? You know? To know what doesn't regenerate us. What else do I got here? Regeneration is by receiving. And regeneration is a matter that is spiritual. Going back to our diagram. If regeneration happens in man's spirit, it means it doesn't happen here in the mind, doesn't happen in the emotion, it doesn't happen in the will. So it's not merely a mental thing. It's not like I agree with some points of doctrine. It's not that. It's not, oh, that point about Christ dying, that makes sense in my head. That's not regeneration. Or just having an emotional moment. That's not regeneration because regeneration doesn't happen in our emotions. Of course, we have to decide to be regenerated, so the will is involved, but that's not where it happens. See? Is that wild, Malik? Okay. We need to receive Jesus Christ to be regenerated. Wow. Okay. Last point here. Regenerated of the incorruptible seed through the living and abiding word. Let's read 1 Peter 1.23 all together. Ready, go. Okay, I need you to underline regenerated. There it is again. I need you to underline seed. Underline incorruptible. And then underline through the living and abiding word of God. Okay. This is where it gets a little crazy, all right? What have we talked about? Regeneration, okay? Regeneration is to receive God's life, all right? Receive God's life, okay? Regeneration is also by the Spirit who comes into our spirit, all right? So we got the Spirit coming into us. We regenerated that way. Then we talked about receiving the Lord Jesus Christ into us. Okay, so wait a minute. We got God's life, got the Spirit, got Jesus Christ. And then we're talking about being regenerated by a seed. It's like, how many things do we got going on in us, man? God's there, Christ's there, the Spirit's there, and now a seed is there. And it's all related to regeneration. There's something marvelous in this truth. Something marvelous. Okay, I have these verses to tie some stuff together, okay, to unpack 1 Peter 1.23, okay? I want you to take a line, start with incorruptible, because we're, we're, uh, we're, we are regenerated by an incorruptible seed. Draw that line down, okay, and then let's read 1 Timothy 1.17, ready, go. I'll see a verse that corresponds with 1 Peter 1.23. A word in there. 
incorruptible? Connect the two incorruptibles. Do you know what incorruptible means? It means that it's whatever that thing is that's incorruptible, it's not subject to death, decay, or dissolution. Not subject to death, decay, or dissolution. Not subject to it. So we have a seed in 1 Peter 1.23 that's not subject to death, decay, or dissolution. In 1 Timothy 1.17, we got somebody pretty awesome in that verse that's incorruptible. I'm seeing the king of the ages, the only God as being described as incorruptible. We got a seed that's incorruptible, and we have the king of the ages, the only wise God that's incorruptible. Y'all starting to see the connection a little bit? Okay. God is incorruptible. I mean, think about it. What else is not subject to death, decay, or dissolution? Look around, everything is except God himself, the king of the ages. But we've been regenerated by an incorruptible seed. Okay, let's continue. I want you to draw a line from seed in 1 Peter 1.23 down to 1 John 3.9, okay? And then we're going to read that verse together. Ready, go. Everyone who has been begotten of God does not practice sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he has been begotten of God. Okay, underline everyone. Begotten of God. Okay, underline his seed in him. And then at the end there, begotten of God. So you've got to draw an arrow from seed in 1 Peter 1.23 all the way down to his seed in 1 John 3.9. The corruptible seed is God's seed. And God's seed is God himself. But God in a very particular form. This point is incredible to me. This has probably been the most eye-opening thing getting into this material um, in preparing for this message. My brothers and sisters, how did God come into you? In what form did God come into you? God came into you to regenerate you in the form of a seed. You consider, God didn't come into us to regenerate us as a high voltage danger electric power plant even though there's no doubt he has much more power than that. He didn't come into us that way. He came in to regenerate us as a seed. And I got a, I got a couple of seeds in my pocket right here. Y'all ready to see God? In picture. In picture, okay, as a symbol in light of these verses. You ready to see God? Here's God. Right there. That's what the word conveys to us. The seed that regenerates us is incorruptible. But the king of ages, 
The only wise God is incorruptible. And then 1 John 3, 9 talks about his seed that we've been begotten of. But we know we've been begotten of God. We know we've been begotten of Christ. We know we've been begotten of the Spirit. So how does it all tie together? God, in incarnation, through the process of his death and resurrection, became in this form to regenerate us, come into us. As simple as that. As simple as that. I have another one too, so I didn't, I didn't lose my prop. That did taste good though. God didn't come into us into a high voltage electric power plant. He came into us as a seed right here. Right here. That's how God came into us. And probably the most marvelous characteristic of a seed is that it's a container. It's a container. Remember how we were talking about, man, we've been regenerated by what? God, Christ, the Spirit, and now this incorruptible seed? Actually, God, Christ, the Spirit, they're all the same person. They're all contained in this seed. In that incorruptible seed mentioned in 1 Peter 1.23 that we've been regenerated by, God, Christ, and the Spirit are contained in that seed, and that is what got sown into the soil of the human heart. God came in this form into you and me. What a God that is that would become so small and confined within a shell and sown into the heart and in the spirit of corrupted humanity. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense when you think about it. But what wisdom God has because... In this shell of this seed is something called seed power. There's seed power. What do I mean by that? The power that's in the life contained in this seed has the ability, the capacity to take what's in here and produce a beautiful sunflower. This is a sunflower seed. My goodness, my time is running out. In the seed is everything that we need as a Christian. Not only is the person of the triune God in there, but all the things related to the Christian life are in there. What does God want to do in you, Malik? Just name something. What characteristics does he want to instill in you? More of himself. Okay. Love. Yeah, you're right, bro. You're right. Yeah, this is more along the lines that I'm looking for. I got love here, righteousness, life. What else? Humility, patience. What was that? Peace. Good. Good. Okay, 
So not only these characteristics that God wants us to possess, but even the activities related to the Christian life are in this seed. Like preaching the gospel is in the seed. Like prayer is in the seed. Like taking care of younger believers is in the seed. It's all in the seed. Just like how we all started as human seeds. You know, one way to describe the life in the seed of a plant is an embryo. Human beings were also described as embryos when we're right after we're just fertilized. The egg is fertilized. And in that embryo is everything that is going to be related to the human life. In the life of that seed, it has everything related to the Christian life. God is there. Christ is there. The Spirit is there. Preaching the gospel is there. Love is there. Humility there is there. Righteousness is there. Peace is there. Prayer is there. Shepherding is there. And you'll see tomorrow, building is there. Oh my, everything is in the seed. It's seed power. That's why God is awesome because he didn't have to come into us as a high voltage plant, power plant. He just had to come into us as a little seed. It's like, this is God, huh, and I'm going to go through a process, and I'm going to go, huh, and I'm just going to go, boop. <laughs> but it's all in the seed. It's all there. But what's in the seed, just, it has to get out. That's the point of this weekend. A major theme of this weekend is growth, which means what's in the seed has to have a way to get out and manifest itself. But it's all in the seed. That's what I want you guys to get tonight. It's all in the seed. In this small little container of life that we got through regeneration. It's all in the seed. Thank the Lord for the incorruptible seed. Okay, I'm just going to... Ah, I'm out of time. Okay, if you want to hear my point that I can't share, you can come talk to me after the meeting. Um, but here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to end on this. All right? I hope by the end of tonight, and for sure by the end of this retreat, if you haven't received the incorruptible seed with Christ in it, with God in it, with the Spirit in it, with all the riches of the divine life in it, if you haven't received that seed... I hope you would. I hope something's burned within you. And I hope by the end of this weekend, if you haven't received the seed, you would receive the seed. And if you're not sure that you received the seed, you would be assured that you have the seed. Because the receiving of the seed, which regenerates us, begins our Christian life. That's where it starts. And I want us all to know and be assured that my Christian life has at least started tonight and no later than tomorrow night because it's just the beginning, my friends, and it's an awesome ride once we get on. We need to get on. We need to get on the divine ride of God's eternal purpose, of Christ in the church. But it starts with receiving the incorruptible seed to be regenerated, okay? So if you want to receive the seed... Talk to an upperclassman, talk to a staff member, and get that incorruptible seed in you with all those riches Amen. so that you can start enjoying them. They can start coming out 
can be expressed in your life. All right, thank you so much.